Section 40 of Monday Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Monday Tales by Alphonse Daudet. Translated by Marion McIntyre. Section 40. The Emotions of a Young Red Partridge. You know that partridges travel in flocks and make their nests together in the hollows of the fields so that they may be able to disappear at the least alarm, an entire flock dispersing like a handful of wheat scattered by the sower. Our own covey is large in numbers and merry. Our home is upon the plain on the border of a great forest, well sheltered on two sides and full of booty ever since i knew how to run being well fed and full-fledged my life was a very happy one but one thing disturbed me somewhat and that was the famous beginning of the chase our parents began to talk of it among themselves in whispers a veteran of our company would tell me on such occasions do not fear rouget i was named rouget because of my bill and my legs the colour of the red berries of the rowan do not fear rouget i will take you with me the day the hunt begins and i am sure no ill will befall you he was an old fellow very sly and still nimble although he had the horseshoe already marked upon his breast and a few white feathers here and there when he was young he received a grain of lead in one wing making it rather heavy and he looks about him more than once before flying takes his time about it and gets out of harm's way he had often led me as far as the entrance of the woods where there stands an odd little house nestling close to chestnut trees silent as an empty burrow and always closed look well at that house little one said the old fellow one day when you see smoke rising from the roof when the shutters and the door are opened it bodes ill for us i placed myself completely in his charge knowing that this was not the first hunting season for him and in fact the very next morning at break of day i heard someone calling very softly amid the furrows rouget rouget it was the old fellow himself his eyes had an extraordinary expression come quickly he said and do exactly as i do i followed him still half asleep gliding along the clumps of turf not flying and scarcely hopping but creeping like a mouse we reached the border of the woods and in passing i saw smoke ascending from the chimney of the little house the windows were no longer closed the door stood wide open and before it were huntsmen thoroughly equipped for the chase and surrounded by dogs bounding about them as we passed one of these huntsmen exclaimed we will scour the plain this morning and leave the woods until after dinner then I understood why my old comrade had first of all sought a spot where we would be sheltered. Nevertheless, my heart was jumping quickly, especially when I thought of our poor friends. Suddenly, just as we passed the outskirts of the woods, the dogs began to gallop in our direction. Keep close to the ground, close to the ground, said my old comrade, dropping to the earth, and at the same moment, ten paces from us, a terrified quail spread out his wings, opened wide his beak, and flew, uttering a frightened cry. 
i heard a formidable sound and we were enveloped in dust which had a strange odor and was white and warm although the sun had scarcely risen i was so frightened that i was no longer able to run fortunately we had entered the woods my comrade hid behind a small oak and i took my position near him and there we remained in hiding peeping through the leaves in the fields there was a terrific firing at every shot i closed my eyes quite dazed when at last i resolved to open them i saw before me the plain vast and bare dogs were running about prying in the grass among the sheaves running about as if mad behind them came the hunters cursing and shouting their guns flashed in the sunlight one moment in a tiny cloud of smoke i fancied i could see although there was not a single tree in the neighborhood something flying that looked like scattered leaves but the old cock assured me that what i saw was feathers and in fact a hundred feet in front of us we saw a superb young gray partridge fall in the furrows his bleeding head upturned when the sun was high and the heat intense the firing suddenly paused the huntsmen returned towards the little house where a fine fire of twigs was soon burning they talked among themselves guns slung across their shoulders arguing about their shots while the dogs followed close at their heels exhausted their tongues hanging they are going to dine said my companion let us do the same and we entered a field of buckwheat which is close to the woods a big field dark in places white in others partly in flower partly gone to seed and scented like almond beautiful pheasants with reddish-brown plumage were pecking there as well as ourselves dropping their red crests lest they should be seen ah they were not so valiant as of old as they ate they asked us for news and wished to learn whether any of their kin had fallen meanwhile the meal of the sportsmen at first silent became more and more boisterous we could hear glasses clinking and the corks of bottles flying my old comrade thought it was time to seek our covert again at this hour the forest seemed as if asleep the little pool where the roebucks come to drink was not troubled by a single tongue lapping the water not even the snout of a rabbit in the wild time of the warren only a mysterious shudder was felt as if every leaf every grass blade sheltered an existence that was endangered these hunted ones of the forest have so many hiding-places in burrows thickets faggots and brushwood and then there are those ditches those tiny ditches in the woods that hold the water so long after a rain i confess that i would gladly have sought one of those holes but my companion preferred not to remain in hiding but to have the country before him able to look far and wide in the open air it was lucky for us for soon the huntsmen arrived in the woods oh that first shot in the forest that fire which pierced the leaves like an april hailstorm denting the bark of the trees never shall i forget it a rabbit scampered across the road tearing off tufts of grass with its paws a squirrel tumbled down a chestnut tree the still green chestnuts tumbling with him 
the heavy flight of some big pheasants was heard and a tumult ensued in the low branches among the dry leaves at the shock of this fire which startled awoke and frightened every living thing in the woods field mice ran out of their holes a stag beetle crawled from a crevice in the tree where we were crouching and rolled his big stupid eyes fixed with terror blue dragonflies humblebees butterflies tiny creatures of all sorts fled terrified in every direction a little cricket with scarlet wings even went so far as to crawl close to my beak but i was too frightened myself to take advantage of its terror but my old comrade remained calm constantly attentive to the firing and the barking of the dogs when they came nearer he would signal to me and we would withdraw a little beyond reach of the dogs and well hidden in the foliage and yet on one occasion i really believed that we were lost the passage we must cross was guarded at every step by a hunter lying in wait on one side stood a big determined black-whiskered fellow whose every movement set a mass of old iron ringing he was armed with a hunting-knife cartridge pouch powder-box and with high-buttoned gaiters reaching to his knees making him look even taller on the other side a little old man leaning against a tree tranquilly smoking a pipe blinking his eyes as if he wished to doze he did not frighten me in the least it was the big fellow who terrified me you know nothing at all rouget said my comrade with a smile and advancing fearlessly with outspread wings he flew past almost touching the legs of the terrible black-whiskered huntsman and the fact is the poor man was so encumbered with his hunting-rig so absorbed in admiring himself from top to toe that when he aimed his gun we were already beyond his range ah if the huntsman only knew when he thinks himself alone in a corner of the woods how many tiny fixed eyes are watching from every bush how many tiny pointed bills are trying to hold in their laughter at his awkwardness we went on and on having nothing better to do than to follow my comrade my wings fluttered to every motion of his own and folded silently when he alighted i can still see every place we passed the warren pink with heath full of burrows at the foot of the yellow trees and then that great curtain of oaks where i seemed to see death concealed everywhere the little green lane where mother partridge had so often walked with her tiny brood in the may sunshine where we hopped about pecking at the red ants that clambered up our legs and where we met snobbish little pheasants dull as chickens who would not play with us i see as if in a dream that little lane at the moment a roe would cross it erect upon her slender legs her eyes wide open her body ready to spring and then there was that pool we visited in parties of fifteen to thirty all of the same flock passing across the plain in a minute to drink the water of the spring and splash its droplets which rolled down our lustrous plumage in the midst of this pond there was a clump of young alders that formed quite a thicket and upon that little island we took refuge 
the dogs must have had a keen scent to have come there in search of us we had been there a moment when a roebuck arrived dragging three legs along and leaving a red track upon the moss behind him it was such a sad sight that i hid my head beneath the leaves but i could hear the wounded animal drinking in the pool panting and consumed with fever the sun was setting the firing sounded at a distance now the shots few and far between at length there was silence the day's hunt was over then we returned very softly across the plain for news of our covey as we passed by the little wooden house i saw a horrible sight on the edge of a ditch russet-coated hares and little grey white-tailed rabbits were lying side by side their tiny paws bent together in death seemed to beg for mercy their dim eyes seemed about to weep we saw red partridges also and grey ones who had a horseshoe marked upon their breasts like my comrade and young ones of this year's brood who like myself still had down upon their wings do you know any sadder sight in the world than a dead bird what seems more alive than the wings of a bird but to see them folded and cold causes one to shudder there was also a huge roebuck lying there it was a magnificent animal and lay there quietly as if it had fallen asleep its little red tongue outstretched as if about to lick the huntsmen too were there leaning over all this slaughtered booty counting and drawing towards their game bags broken wings and bleeding legs with no respect for those wounds still fresh the dogs tied up to go back were scowling and pointing as if ready to spring again into the thicket oh while that great sun was sinking yonder as they went off wearily casting long shadows upon the clods and the paths wet with the evening dews how i cursed how i hated them men and brutes that entire band neither my companion nor myself had the heart for piping our usual farewell note to the departing day upon our way we came across more unfortunate little beasts slain by a chance bullet and lying there abandoned to ants and field mice their muzzles full of dust we saw magpies and swallows suddenly struck in their flight they lay head up upon the ground and their little claws curled stiffly upward while the night descended swiftly an autumn night clear cold and damp and more heart-rending than aught else were the cries which rose from the outskirts of the woods from deep in the meadow from the willows fringing the river calls that were uttered far and wide sad anxious cries which no call answered end of section forty